The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1979, Episode 6. In this episode, we will cover October 9th through November 27th. On October 7th in New York City, John and Yoko contribute $1,000 to fund the purchase of bulletproof vests for New York City police officers. Yoko also enclosed a note to the PBA which read, The enclosed check expresses our genuine concern for the lives of our police officers in New York City. A few days later, on October 9th... It's Johnny's birthday! It's Johnny's birthday! And we would like to wish him all the very best! It's John's 39th and Sean's 4th birthday. Well, here we are, age 39, looking out of my hotel window, wondering whether to jump out or get back in bed. So, I got back in bed. (laughs) On Johnny's birthday, it's Johnny's birthday, and it's so good to have you back from off the shelf, and it's so good to have you back from off the shelf. To celebrate Sean turning four, the proud parents hold a party in New York's LaRoy's Tavern on the Green in Central Park, as they did last year. Sean's friends and guardians attend with entertainment by a magician and a clown. A day or two later at Lennon's New York City apartment, Sean had a few questions about getting older in relation to birthday parties. You'll be five next year on October the 9th, the same day that I'll be 40 next year. There's nothing I can do to get to be 40 quicker. I have to be 39 for one whole year. And you have to be four for a whole year. You can't rush it. I'm waiting. I wanted to be four. Well, you are four. And next you're going to be five. That's why I wanted to go to someone else's birthday and be four so quickly. But you can't. You have to be each number for a whole year. And a year is 365 days. That's how long a year is. 365 days. Mm-hmm. I love you too, sweetheart. Was I just dreaming? Was it only yesterday? I used to hold it in my arm. And now the baby and another one. 
just like me. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, but he doesn't become the same age as you just because he goes to your birthday party. You see, because he was already four when you went to your birthday party. When when you woke up that morning, the night before you were four, you were only three. So you were only three that that one day of your birthday party. You were four that but that was the first day you were four. That day of your birthday party. But Max had already been four for I don't know quite a few months. I don't know how much older he is. You see, size isn't age. You could be as tall as me, maybe, but you could still be four. <laughs> Not really, but uh, you know. So you can be. Maybe you'd meet some somebody, little child that was taller than you and was only three. You never know. People are all different sizes. Later, John and Sean started talking about heat and the sun. John had explained to Sean that the sun is millions of miles far away in space, 
and it is so hot that it would melt anything or anyone who tried to go there. When people melt, after they melt and the finish, and the melting is finished, mm-hmm. <laughs> did they die after they melted? Oh yes. You, well, your body dies, but then you go into the, into the spirit body. The one we were talking about before, made of light, looks just mm-hmm. the same, but it all just can go through walls and everything. You don't need to see with the other body? Uh, well, you do see, but you just don't need these kind of eyes to see. You have a different kind of seeing, where you can see in the back of your head and all around, all at once. Behind your head? Yeah. And down where your feet are? Yes, always. All and at once. And where your knees is? Everywhere at once, you can see. And, and on your chest? Mm-hmm. You can see the whole thing. Oh. And even inside your body, you can see because there's eyes inside your body? Well, you can see right through it. Because it's made just of light? Why? Why do you say that? Bugger, bugger is just an expression. Just like, no way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Meanwhile, as George Harrison comically alluded to several weeks ago, attorneys for Apple are not only suing the stage show Beatlemania, but on October 10th in the Los Angeles Superior Court, Apple's attorneys sought an injunction to prevent ABC Television and executive producer Dick Clark from using the Beatles' individual names and likeness in the forthcoming film Birth of the Beatles. Furthermore, Apple is seeking $140 million in damages. We've just got together a a group of people to go and sue them all. Over in London on October 18th, facing a lawsuit from the Beatles' Apple Corps, a defiant Steve Lieber and David Krebs opens the stage play Beatlemania at the Astoria Theatre in London's Charing Cross Road. Still in London several days later on October 24th, at the Les Ambassadors Club in Hamilton Place, McCartney is awarded a rhodium-plated disc by the Guinness Book of Records, recognizing his record-breaking achievements in songwriting and record sales, and named the most honored man in music. My man, you think I was a star listening? I think I'll just move on out. I want to kiss the wind. Oh, go away. Go, you're always trying to get that. You're a sex fiend. And you'll never do it. Go away. You're dirty. Put it down. I'll walk for one for all. I just met him. She didn't know him well enough. <laughs> Miss World. Thank you so much. Mrs. World. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, pray silence for the editor compiler and publisher of the Guinness Book of Records, Mr. Norris McWhirter. We have, uh, coming along this evening, all the way from the House of Commons, the leader of that institution, Mr. Norman Singer Stevens. I'll just ask him just to say a brief word before we have uh, introduction 
of superlative people and our presentation to Paul McCartney. So, Mr. St. John Stevens. Thank you very much, uh, Norris, for that very nice introduction. And I'm really just an extra in this show, but I just want to congratulate Paul very much for his achievements in music and also his great achievements for British records and British exports. And I've known him for a long time. Very glad to be here tonight. I take my role as Minister of the Arts in the widest possible sense. I think pop music is an art form and it's probably the art form that is appreciated by most people. I'm a regular listener uh, myself and I'd just like to thank Paul for all the pleasure he has given to so many millions of people. A man with a remarkable record. It, it all arose because we learned that he read our book. So we thought instead of giving him one of those um, ordinary certificates, we'd give him a rather extraordinary uh, disc. The first one ever to be plated in the metal rhodium, which is twice as expensive as platinum and twice as shiny. And we presented it to him for the distinctions which are set out there. We need to reiterate them. And it's a very great pleasure on behalf of the Guinness Book of Records to present the incomparable and unspoiled Paul McCartney with this. Metal, we were conscious of two facts. One is that it is um, something which has a very high melting point, which he needs, and the other thing, it is totally resistant to vitriol. <laughs> uh, yes, well, I'm hopeless at these kind of speeches and stuff, so I won't do one except thanks very much, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for coming, and thank you. Days when my feet are on the ground, I'm gonna look around and see, see what's right, see what's there, and breathe fresh air ever after. One of these days when a job just takes too long I'm gonna sing my song and see See what's right See what's there And breathe fresh air ever after It's there It's round It's to Be found by you 
by me It's all we ever wanted to be One of these days When we both are at our ease When you've got time to please yourself was right and see what's there and breathe fresh air ever after it's there it's round it's to be found me it's all we ever wanted to see well one of these days when my feet are on the ground I'm gonna look around and see what's right and see what's there and breathe fresh air ever after in London. The ex-Beatle has broken just about every music industry landmark, and that includes most successful composer, most successful recording artist, and he also holds the greatest number of solid gold records. McCartney was presented with a rhodium disc, and we're told that's twice as valuable as platinum. You've been showered with a waterfall since the early 60s, but never one quite like this. What was your reaction when you heard about it? It's just amazing. Didn't believe it, you know. I sort of knew we were in once with the Beatles for his, uh, some of the record sales, but I didn't realize like the other categories and stuff, so I've been reading it ever since. After the ceremony, he spoke briefly about the Beatles reunion. Understandably, you get fed up with people asking you about the Beatles and whether you're going to get together again. But only a few weeks back, we had this story circulating from uh, New York about the United Nations asking you to get together to do a concert oh, yeah. for the boat people. Was That's there anything right. in that? Were you near to getting together? Uh, no, uh, actually, all that happened was. Um, I got asked to do a thing with wings for the boat people and we're just rehearsing now so we couldn't do it for a little while till we've we've learned a couple of songs so I said well you know we might do something before the end of the year um, and so we're still sort of planning on doing something some kind of thing before the end of the year uh, and it got turned into anyway a Beatle reunion and uh, they asked George independently who was one of the Beatles and um, he said, yeah, you know, he'd like to do something too. Everyone was talking about doing stuff. But then it got blown up, you know, and everyone said they're all going to reune. And you wouldn't like that idea at all? No. I mean, your career with Wings is so successful anyway. You would see yeah. it as a retrograde step to... No, to... it's not that, you know. It's just that when you've finished a thing, when you come full cycle, it's just a bit... And it's finished. Uh, I, I, 
I don't suppose by just ringing them up I could say we could get, get it together again or that anyone would even want to, you know. A bit like trying to get a divorce together after people have <laughs> split up. They just don't want to do it, you know. But uh, people would like them to do it, maybe. Talking of Wings, I mean, the band is such a tremendous success in its own right. Uh, what are your immediate plans with the band? Are you going back on the road? We're rehearsing at the moment, yeah, and going, going to play some dates in Britain in November. Yeah, what about overseas? Yeah, next year. Does that include the States, Australia? Actually, I think they're just planning for Japan at the moment, in January. All right, Paul McCartney, thank you very much. Thank you.
After all the ceremonies are over, the next day on American television, McCartney's award is carried by the ABC television program 2020, where journalist Geraldo Rivera interviews Paul. Would you believe that it is now 15 years since an English rock group called The Beatles became a smash hit in the United States? They were already a smash hit in Liverpool. And it's now almost 10 years since The Beatles broke up. Since the breakup, Paul McCartney has been the most successful of the four. In fact, he's been more successful than anyone in the history of popular music. Well, Paul was honored for his achievements last week in London, where he talked with Geraldo Rivera. You, 10 years is a long time, but over that time, nobody, absolutely nobody, has forgotten the Beatles. Their legend has only continued to grow, and for the best of reasons. They were an amazing phenomenon, one that described and defined a turbulent but vital time in our history. The group was great because each of the individual players, in his own way and with his own style, was great. John Lennon, unfortunately, has temporarily dropped out of the public spotlight. As for the other three, George and Ringo have continued their individual careers, but without the creative and financial success they enjoyed with the Beatles. That leaves Paul McCartney, and his story, as you'll see, is very different from his former colleagues. He had a lot to say about his life with and without the Beatles. Paul and Linda McCartney, his wife and fellow band member, were in London last week to receive a very special recognition. Well, it's great, isn't it? On behalf of the McCartney was officially honored as the most successful musical composer of all times, having written 43 songs that have sold over a million copies. He's also now the most successful recording artist, with total sales of over 200 million records. Well, I'm hopeless at these kind of speeches and stuff, so I won't do one except thanks very much, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for coming, and thank you for this. Love you. Yeah, I was surprised. I knew that you had sold a whole lot of records, and a lot of them went went gold and platinum, and all those other colors that they None have in the music them. business. But uh, I had no idea there were quite so many, and oh. that you were the number it's one it's ever. I mean, it's quite an impressive achievement. It was pretty amazing because I'd never counted up, you know, and to have them just sort of put it down like that. You are definitely the one who's done it. Oh, it's uh, just flabbergasting. So you can still be motivated by achievements like that oh yeah you know yeah that's the big motivation really you know it used to be just money you know um and i suppose now it's like kind of kind of achievements and stuff but uh it's just great i mean you'd like it wouldn't you Uh, a really extensive investigation 
into Elvis Presley's last years. And oh, yeah. you know, we really established that he, like so many others, Keith Moon, I mean, you can go on forever, you know, as well as I better, uh, died from an overdose of prescription medicine that he'd been taking over the years from doctors who would give him anything. And before that, I was talking to Greg Allman and, and Keith Richards and so many people. And the, and the question that comes to my mind, and maybe I half know the answer because I know Linda, is uh, how have you avoided the classical melancholy syndrome of self-destructive overindulgence? I never used to have take a lot of pills when people were taking pills, and they'd always say, what are you on? You know, and I'd be, hey, up there, whatever. So I never used to do it that much. Um, and I suppose when we got married, kind of, we, we were a bit sort of against that, sort of an aspirin for a headache and an aspirin for waking up in the sleep. We don't take sleeping pills and stuff, you know. And we sleep okay. Um, I've just been never into all of that, you know. A little bit here and there and stuff, but kind of really keeping my eye on it, and like anyone would with drink or something, you know. I kind of know the dangers of it, and uh, I don't overindulge that much. I suppose that's all it is, you know, just same as anyone else who isn't into it. That's a question of discipline, and how do you manage it when no, you... It just frightens me. I mean, you know, I, I just wouldn't ever like to get into that, because I know I'd be done in. McCartney's fantasies are woven from and around his music. Despite a relatively modest lifestyle, the McCartneys are enormously wealthy people. Aside from the millions Paul has earned as a singer and songwriter, he also owns the publishing rights to hundreds of other songs as well. In the last five years, his company has become the largest independent music publisher in the world, with an estimated worth of somewhere between 80 and 120 million dollars. Are you ever embarrassed by your wealth, your great success? Yes, occasionally, because uh... I come from a council estate, and... A council or...? Estate. Like, council houses. Not poor people, but not well off. Oh, you didn't council, own your own house. Housing. Public housing. Right. Where a lot of people all live together and stuff. So I'm, I'm from there, and my family never had any money. So to have money, yeah, I'm not born to it at all. So, um, whenever anyone says, meh, you got too much money, yeah, yeah, you should pay, or you could give it all the way or something, you know. That can make me feel a bit embarrassed, you know, because I don't really know what to say to them. Except, well, look, you know, I didn't rip anyone off to get it, and uh, please let me have it, and uh, I do some good things, and, you know, that. That's, that's my only uh, refuge. But it does a bit embarrass me, yeah, because I, I suppose because I'm not used to it. I mean, it only embarrasses me a bit. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> wouldn't uh, give up because of the embarrassment. With a little...
know, I was coming over and reading some of the clips in the in the British newspapers. And here they've known you even longer than we all have in the good old US of A. And despite the fact that you have received 17 gold albums for Wings and another one with Billy Preston, they still, the, 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 the adjective used to describe you is still ex-Beatle, former Beatle, Paul McCartney of the Beatles. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think that will go on forever. And in the end Are there any circumstances under which you and the family... I suppose if the Beatles, all the other three, were really wild, keen to do it, and it looked like a real great thing to go and do, then there's like a real slim chance that I'd kind of say, yeah, okay. What is left for you now, Ben? Everything. Everything. What is it? Whatever was left is still left. Uh, just to have a good time and enjoy myself and bring up my kids and have them bring me up. Things like that, you know, that's all left. Uh, and there's millions of things on the music side left, but I can never think of them because I could never think of them in the first place. You know, I never realized where I was getting to. And I still don't know where I'm going. Sandy Duncan and Christopher Hewitt at the Lundfontein Theater. Charge tickets by phone. Call 239-7177. Peter Pan, you'll leave the theater flying. Around the end of October in New York City, John takes his son Sean to see the Broadway play Peter Pan, the musical, starring Sandy Duncan. On November 5th in New York City, Ringo Starr visits John at Lennon's Dakota apartment. During his visit, John gives Ringo a demo tape of a song he wrote called Life Begins at 40. We'd like to welcome you here to the Dakota Country Western Club. And in return for Miss Yoko Ono's wonderful gift of a very strange head, I'd like this morning to sing you a little ditty that occurred to me in the throes of my sleep. It's called Life Begins at 40. This one's probably for Mr. Richard Starkey. They say life in 40 Ain't it just a state of mind If all that's true You know that I've been there For 39 And if
Also on November 5th, at a press conference in London, Paul McCartney and Wings announced a 19-city tour of the United Kingdom starting on November 23rd. You're starting the tour in Liverpool. I'm yes. just wondering why you're going back to Liverpool, first of all. That's where the promoter made the first date. He said, you're going to Liverpool. I said, oh, yeah. No, come on. It's because, really, because you haven't done much in Liverpool, and we love it. I mean, is it, is there's it a, a theatre there they're trying to save. You've heard about Ken Dodd was trying to, he did a pantomime. Yeah. And it's one that would have to close down or something. We always said that it, when we next came back to Liverpool, we'd play that place. So that's the Royal Court Theatre. And I used to go there when I was a kid, you know, to watch all the plays up in the one and sixpennies. See, they don't know until we're on stage what the reaction's going to be. I know a little bit more because mm. I've done it before with the band, but they still don't know, you know. <laughs> I still haven't had all that. At the Royal Hippodrome Theatre, Mr. James Paul McCartney, a musician from a more robust seaside resort in the northwest of the country, is getting a taste for Eastbourne Rock. It's a rehearsal with his band Wings before they start their first British tour for three years. A tour which will start in Paul's hometown of Liverpool. The song has many Liverpool memories for Paul. He sang it first in 1956 at Walton Parish Hall in the south of the city, with a group who later became known as the Beatles. Without any publicity, their three Liverpool concerts are sold out within two days. In Eastbourne, Paul knows he must rehearse his band for weeks to make sure their live performance matches their records. There are two new musicians in the band, drummer Steve Holly and guitarist Lawrence Juba. Until now, the only contribution they've made has been in the recording studio, where any mistakes can be corrected. Now there's no second chance. Each song must be right first time. First time I wasn't in the group at the time of Malik Entire, but I remember hearing that for the first time at Denny's house at Christmas or you know, near Christmas. Now I said, "What on earth is this all about?" You know? And there you've got like the biggest selling record ever in the UK, so I can't argue with it anymore. You know? Take me home, Lord.
Back in New York on November 12th at Lennon's Dakota apartment, John endorsed both a trust agreement and his last will and testament. Prepared by the Lennon's lawyer, David Warmflash, Yoko Ono is named executor, beneficiary, and trustee of John's estate. Whereas if something happens to John, Yoko would get half of his $30 million estate and the remainder will go into a trust fund for Sean. Both documents are filed at Manhattan Surrogate Court on Chambers Street. On November 16th in the UK and on November 20th in America and just in time for the holiday season, EMI Parlophone and Columbia Records release Wonderful Christmas Time by Wings. The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Feelings here that only comes to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The choir of children sing their song. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. 
On November 22nd in America, it's Thanksgiving Day, and nothing says Thanksgiving like the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that's held in New York City. Good morning, Jane, and happy Thanksgiving to you and to everyone from Broadway and 34th Street in Manhattan, Herald Square, on a most unusual day in New York City, a bit cool, but really more like April than November, a perfect day for the 53rd annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The parade marched past the Lennon's West 72nd Street apartment, where John and Sean had a bird's eye view. even more scary than the other one. Okay, now the, now the other monster. Alright. What about your name and everything here? Huh? <laughs> I forgot. Oh no. That looks like a scary thing. Do you have a name? Yeah. It's called Lee Sneezer. Lee Sneezer? That sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds like kind of sneaky, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a name for a monster. You're telling me. What's that? That's smoke coming out of the A. Oh, my goodness. The smoking A. You want to do another? Have you had enough now? <sighs> I think I will show Mommy both of them. Okay. And you... then I'll show... And then I'll show you two. Ah, okay. There's the drumsticks. Oh, that's the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, the, the drumming. Drum. Yes, yes. I think drumsticks from the food, I'm sorry. Yes, drumsticks on the parade. Ah, ah, Thanksgiving Day parade on the TV. Yeah, and the TV had some here. <laughs> You're a very clever boy. Say good later next month. <laughs> but, the, but that's you acting. That's you and mommy acting. Acting, I see. Acting at a show. Oh. <laughs> Which one is that? The show where, where you need help and, and Ringo's trying to... And, and Ringo has a ring and they're trying to get it off. Uh -huh. Do you need anybody? I need somebody to love. Do you need anybody? I need somebody to love. Do you need anybody? I need somebody to love. <laughs> That's my favorite song. Very good. Who was saying I need some money to love? You? Uh, Ringo, but Paul and I are singing with him. What's the song, Paul? Um, what would you think? Um, um, what would you think? Uh, what's it called? Like an, what uh, would you think if I sang in a song? Sang out of tune. Oh, a little help from my friend. That's what it's called. 
After drawing, John showed his son the guitar. I left it on, so it's recording now. So anything you want you do will be on the tape. On November 23rd, the ABC Television Network in America broadcast the Dick Clark production, The Birth of the Beatles. The following is a dramatization using actors of the early career of the Beatles. It's based on factual accounts, including the recollections of former Beatle Pete Best, as well as other sources. The Beatles company Apple sued Dick Clark Productions for music copyright about a month ago, but in a legal loophole, the production company was allowed to record the music by using the tribute group Rain. The music sung during this period by the Beatles was recorded for this dramatization by the group Ray. will continue in a moment. This is ABC. Where are we going? To the top. I can't hear you. To the top. What top? To the top. Let's rock and roll. Also on November 23rd, over in Liverpool, England, McCartney begins a 19-day tour of the UK with his band Wings. This is the first of the next four days the band will play Liverpool's Royal Court Theatre. Extra police will be on duty in Liverpool tonight when former Beatle Paul McCartney takes the stage at the Royal Court Theatre. Paul and his band Wings are appearing in his native city to fulfill a promise he made to launch his new British tour on Merseyside. 
great, you know. Me and my brother have been fans for ages, you know. There's a queued up 26 hours to come and watch. <laughs> really? yeah. 26 hours? Yeah. We got down there about 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and got our tickets about quarter to 12. If McCartney wasn't in this band, you wouldn't see all these people here now. Theatre staff are predicting the greatest explosion since the Mersey Beat mania of the 60s and the police are taking no chances. They're prepared to draft in extra men at the first signs of the hysteria McCartney attracted during the heyday of the Beatles.
This is a song from Back to the Egg and it's called Again and Again and Again. Thanks a lot. On November 27th, while still in Liverpool, Wings spend the afternoon on the Royal Iris for a cruise on the River Mersey. 
Paul McCartney takes a little nostalgic trip on the famous Royal Iris on the famous Mersey and says he'll be back in Liverpool very soon. Back home for you because, I mean, can you go, can you go walking around Liverpool? Can you go and visit anybody? Or you, you're kind of isolated wherever you might be staying? Uh, well, <laughs> 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 no, it's, the uh, thing is, like, we, we come up uh, every so often anyway to see the relatives and stuff. We always come up, if failing all else, we come up on New Year's Eve. Anyway, like we've we've never missed that. So uh, I always come up, go out with my family. I go to a little local pub near me where my, one of my cousins lives, and you know we get a few of the family down, and we all have a laugh. Like, and in the pub, obviously, like people know who I am and stuff, and I get a few of the jokes and stuff. Oh Christ, he's here again and all that, <laughs> you know. In fact, one night when I really got very unpopular, I won the sweep. <laughs> I went in the pub, you know, and I said, do you want to buy a sweet ticket? I said, yeah, go on. A couple of bob. And of course I won it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this would be playing at home today. Could you have gone the match? Yeah, I've been to a couple of matches, you know. I mean, you've got to sit there a bit like Sir Matt Busby and everyone goes, <laughs> you know, and you go through about five or ten minutes of kind of, <laughs> well, after a while they get the attention on the match, you know, and they forget about it. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in the town of Henley at Friar Park Studios in the UK, Harrison records demo tracks for his next album.
In America at Ringo's Hollywood Hills home in California, a fire rips through the house, destroying part of the structure and some of Starr's personal mementos. Ghost Star was entertaining some friends in his rented Hollywood Hills home. Sparks from a fireplace apparently started a fire on the second floor, which quickly then jumped to the attic. No one was hurt, but it took six fire companies half an hour to put it out. Uh, the house went on fire. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Well, that's all we have to say. I mean, the house went on fire. Look at it. That's all, guys. Well, the estimated damage in that fire, $135,000. Continuing in a moment. The Wings tour is still flying high in the UK. Right, lads, have you got tickets for tonight? Yes. yes. You have. How long did you have to queue for those? A weekend. Full weekend. A whole weekend? Yeah. Well, and the Monday as well. <laughs> Our eldest daughter prefers... Uh, well, I don't know about prefers, but she... She buys what we call new wave stuff over here. She's very loyal to us, though. Of course, I beat her up every evening with a big stick. I say, wings, I love wings, <laughs> wings. And George comments on the upcoming 1980s. People have been saying to me, well, what do you think it's going to be like in the 80s? Well, I know the 60s, we and others worked hard to try and generate that positive uh, feeling and then in the end of the 60s it sort of went a bit strange and then the 70s just scattered around and it was a bit um, I don't think the 70s it's had you know one fad after another but nothing really long-lasting or that positive next on yesterday and today if you wiggle the volume knob then you get whoa whoa whoa
information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. (laughs) You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.